Good morning, friends. Just three words. That's all I want to talk about today. Just three words that are often used to describe our relationship with Jesus. And these three words are going to help us understand what we should expect from this life that we've chosen to live. And these three words will help us to prepare for what is to come. Now, here's the first word. The Christian life is a journey. I can kind of remember how excited I was when this journey began for me. I mean, I grew up in church, so it wasn't like I suddenly found myself in a new environment. I was already used to going to worship services and youth group and Christian music and Bible lessons. And I mean, I went to Lutheran grade school, Lutheran high school, Lutheran college. I mean, these were not new. But what was new was the fact that everything about the Christian life took on a new significance for me. And I realized at a point in my life that for the first time, my life had meaning and purpose. For the first time, I had a sense of direction. I had a sense of destiny. And I love the way the message paraphrases the words of the Apostle Peter in 1 Peter 1, 17 and 18. He said, your life is a journey you must travel with a deep consciousness of God. It cost God plenty to get you out of that dead-end, empty-headed life you grew up in. He paid with Christ's sacred blood, you know. You also began this journey when you received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. He bought your salvation with his precious blood. And at that moment that you surrendered yourself fully to him, you became a new creation in Jesus. And your life began to move in a new direction. Whereas before you may have been wandering around aimlessly, but now you're on a journey. Now you're going somewhere. You have a destiny. And it's not just a run-of-the-mill journey we're on either. It's an adventure. It's the adventure of a lifetime. Uh, I, I love Stephen Curtis Chapman's song where he says, Saddle up your horses. We've got a trail to ride. We're on this great adventure. And you never really know what might happen next. Now, if you've ever been to a foreign country like I have on many different occasions, you know how ordinary travel can suddenly become a kind of an over-the-top adventure. I mean, traveling is never quite as seamless as you thought it would be. There are unexpected delays and canceled flights and misconnections and lost luggage and terrible accommodations and last-minute changes. And I think every international traveler has asked themselves at one point, is it really what I signed up for? I mean, this is not the... What the brochure or the mission trip, you know, sounded like when I first read about it. But if you want to travel internationally, if you want to go on a mission trip, you need to be able to adapt to all kinds of situations. Now, I sometimes see Christ followers making a similar mistake. We often expect the Christian life to be an extended week of church camp where life is beautiful all the time and we hop from one spiritual mountaintop to the other. But that's not how it plays out. If you came into the Christian life expecting it to be easy, I'm afraid that you got the wrong idea from the wrong brochure. I mean, you certainly didn't get the idea from the Bible. The Bible never promises us an easy life, but it does promise a meaningful life. That's why Peter said, Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials that you are going through as if something strange was happening to you. I mean, these problems and difficulties you face aren't strange at all. This is what life is. There are unexpected delays, canceled flights, misconnections, setbacks, disappointments, heartbreak, and sometimes there's even danger to be dealt with. And in the midst of this, we can, we can echo Paul's words from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 to 18, where he said, Therefore we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we're wasting away, yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So... We fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen, 
since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Now, Paul is simply saying that we're on a journey, and it sometimes may lead to hardship, but ultimately leads us to glory beyond our ability to imagine. And let me tell you something, friends, it's worth it every single step. The back to the basics principle that we need to remember is that God is in control, even when life is difficult. This is his journey, his itinerary, and he has a destination in mind for you and me. He mapped it out for us, and he's guiding us along the way. In the early days of our Christian life, we certainly believe this. So let's not forget it now. Here's the second significant word to consider. The Christian life is a race. In 2 Corinthians 9, verse 24, Paul said, Don't you realize that in a race everyone runs, but only one gets the prize? So run to win. And then he said, so I run with purpose in every step. See, the Christian life is compared to a race because it's a life that demands our all. I mean, God expects us to go the distance. I want you to think back to the early days of your Christian life. What was your intention from the very beginning? You know, to try it out for a week or two and then quit when the going got tough? Or to take a couple of laps around the track and see if it was as easy as you want it to be? I have a feeling that when you first gave your life to Jesus, you were all in. You were ready to say, just point me in the direction of the finish line because that's where I'm going. That's the attitude that we need to have today. The writer of Hebrews said in chapter 12, verse 1, Let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. I read this really odd story a number of years ago. It was back in 1912. There was a marathon runner. His name was Shiso Kanakuri. He was chosen to represent Japan in the Summer Olympics in Stockholm, Sweden. Now, he began the race with the rest of the runners, but along the way, he was overcome with heat. And so he stopped at a garden party for some refreshment, but he stayed a little too long, actually more than an hour. It was now, he thought, too late to get back in a race, so he took a train to his hotel and caught a, ba- a boat back home, too ashamed to tell anyone he was leaving. For more than 50 years, Shiso was listed as a missing person in Sweden until a journalist finally found him. He'd spent the last several decades living a quiet life in southern Japan. So in 1966, the Swedish Public Television Network called him with an offer. Would you like to finish your run? Well, the 85-year-old Kanakuri accepted, and he traveled to Stockholm, Sweden, to finish the race he had started so many years ago. This time, he crossed the finish line. His final time was 54 years, 8 months, 6 days, 8 hours, 32 minutes, and 20.3 seconds. Our goal in the Christian life is not merely to start the race, friends. Our goal is to finish it. If you've lapsed a little bit, it's time to start running again. Again, Paul said in his farewell in Acts 20, verse 24, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. In his uh, final words recorded in 2 Timothy chapter 4, Paul was able to say, The time of my death is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have remained faithful. And now the prize awaits me. The back to the basics principle that we need to remember is that you are in this race to win this race. Now, obviously, you're not in competition with other believers. You're in competition with yourself, with the person you used to be. Today, your attitude needs to be like it was in the early days. I'm in this for the long haul. I'm going the distance. So the Christian life is a journey. It's a race. But here's the third word to consider. The Christian life is a walk. 
That's probably the word used most often to describe our relationship with Jesus. We refer to our Christian walk again and again. But what does the word walk tell us? Well, it tells us it's a daily process. There's nothing once in a while about it. It's not an on-again, off-again experience. It's a day-after-day process. In fact, if you've ever been to a bookstore, you can find whole sections dedicated to walking. I think that's interesting. I mean, I've actually been in, like, Books a Million, and they have a magazine called Walking. And there's another one called Country Walking, and one that's simply called Walk. Now, I don't know, walking is such a basic process, you would think that all you need to know about it is you could hardly fill up a pamphlet, let alone several subscription-based publications. But you know, if you're serious about walking or running, you've got a lot to learn. You've got to learn about shoes and trails and diet and stretches and exercises and dealing with injuries and strategies and tips and techniques and success stories and on and on. I mean, walking is an entire industry because there are people out there who take walking very seriously. And so must we. We need to learn everything we can about all of the ins and outs of maintaining a healthy Christian walk. This is what the uh, what we're talking about, the daily disciplines of Christian living. As Paul said in Galatians 5.25, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. The back to the basics principle we need to remember is that the Christian life is a daily event, and we must tend to it on a daily basis. It's a walk. It's a lifestyle. It's an ongoing relationship with Jesus. The prophet Micah said in chapter 6, verse 8, The Lord has told you what is good, and this is what he requires, to do what is right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. This is the primary reason why the early days of the Christian life are so fulfilling. It wasn't just a hobby or another activity to squeeze into the weekend. It was an all-out, everyday lifestyle, and we were eager to learn all we could about it. Now, I've saved the key verse of this message for these final moments. It's from the prophet Isaiah. Probably a very familiar verse from chapter 40, verse 31. It says, But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Did you get that? They will soar high. That's the adventure of the journey we've begun. We soar like eagles. It says, We will run and not grow weary. And that's the race we've set out to win. They will walk and not faint. That's the day-to-day lifestyle we pursue. Now, how did we get there? It says, those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. Friends, if you want to pick up where your best days left off, if you want to get back to the basics of what matters most, if you want your life to be what you know in your heart it can be, then put your trust, your hope, your heart where it belongs, in Christ, in Christ alone. There is a common denominator to be found in the first days of the Christian life and the best seasons of your life since then. The common denominator is Jesus front and center in all that you do. When you put all of your hope in him, your strength is renewed and your best days are no longer a thing of the past. They're a promise of the future. That's the Christian life. It's a journey. It's an adventure in which you surrender to God's direction and allow him to lead you where he wants you to go. It's a race that you run to completion, relying on him to give you the strength to stay faithful to the finish. It's a walk that you take every day with Jesus front and center, seeking his presence every step of the way. And when you approach your life this way, every day, you'll discover that your best days aren't merely a relic of the past. They're the promise of your future. Until next time, see the vision, live the mission, feel the passion.